what you should expect your pastor to be here to do is to speak to you the forgiving word of Christ, that you are forgiven and loved by Christ, and then to help you to understand what might my life look like if I'm forgiven by Christ. Mm -hmm. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. This is the one and only Every Moment His podcast, because I don't think there's another podcast called Every Moment His. Hmm. I'm not sure if there is. Maybe there's a Every Moment Theirs out there. Or Or ours. Every Moment Mine. Or Every Moment moment Matters, maybe. Yeah, Every Moment Mine. (laughs) So. All right, so we're going through a uh, a number of just like short and sweet. Here's what you should know if you're in the church. Here's what your pastors would love you to know. So we're calling yeah. it things you should totally know. And so we've been talking through different things. Last time we did spirituality uh, of the church, the Lutheran church. What where's our spirituality centered on word and sacrament? This time we're talking about pastors. Yeah, this is a really interesting one because. It'd be interesting to ask every single person in the church and maybe out of the church too, you know, just like, what are pastors for? And I I think that in our American church context, you might get a lot of interesting answers. Like Mm. the pastor is a therapist. The pastor is a CEO. The pastor Mm -hmm. is a life coach. The pastor is just public general speaker. availability for whatever problem arises. The, the pastor is yeah, public speaker, motivational mm-hmm. speaker. Mm-hmm. The pastor is a chaplain. The pastor is a first responder. Maybe the teacher pas- pastor is a teacher. The pastor repairs broken things at the church. Yeah. Changes uh, tires. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. And so what exactly, why do we have pastors? What the, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would even say there's many church bodies that say pastors are, aren't necessary. That's true too. Or they would define pastor as just a, a qualified person who stepped up to lead. Yeah. And so like anybody's a pastor. Every, yeah. We're all pastors. We're all peers. Right. And then you can also get this really inflated view of Mm. pastors. Typically they're called priests where like you're on a whole different level. It's like Christianity 2.0. You have the priests and then you have the laity. So he's like a little bit closer to God. Right. He's got a little more credit. Right. More mojo. So (laughs) why do we have pastors? Okay. So here's what we would like to say, you know, pastors in a biblical sense, pastors are functioning as servants of God's word. Hmm. I like that word servant of God's yeah. word. Yeah. Slave actually is even better. That's right? the, the term. Yeah. Yeah, Greek. It's, yeah. It's not like we just get to make it up. We're bound. Right. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if this is true. You tell me, but you know, the clerical collar yeah. goes around your neck. Is that, have you heard that's like kind of like a slavery symbol? I've heard it's like when Jesus said that if you make, if you cause one of these little ones to go astray, it'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and to be drowned in the ocean. Um, So it's like a millstone? Like a, like a, (laughs) almost like a noose around your neck. Like don't lead people astray. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true. Sounds scary. 
Yeah, um, that's why I don't have one. Um, you should. Yeah, millstones are are big too, right? They're, I mean, they're massive. massive. It's a pretty edgy thing Jesus said. I mean, no he's kidding. basically saying, I think he's saying, hey guys, you're a servant of the word, my word. You can't just yeah. get up there and make stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I prefer the collar because <laughs> it's kind of like a dog's collar, right? It's like um, when I wear a collar, I kind of think about that. It's like I'm, I'm Jesus's dog. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever he says. I'm going to try to be a good boy. I don't, I don't have the capacity to change what he says or anything like that, but I'm here to be a servant mm-hmm. and to be loyal to, uh, you know, first Timothy is really good on this. Like first or second Timothy talks about being a soldier, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Soldiers do what the commander says, right? Not, they're not trying to please civic affairs and everything but they're interested in completing the mission that their commander gave them. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the mindset that pastors should have. We, we are relaying orders from our commanding officer. Mm-hmm. We're not at liberty to just make up our own path. We're bound um, by oath mm-hmm. um, and by command, yeah. right? To do as our commander says. So. That's the first thing. Yeah. And and I would say, you know, yeah, just to to think about pastors in this way is helpful that we're Christians, just like everybody else, you know, brothers in Christ. Uh, We're sinners like everybody else. We make mistakes. Um, We we are called to a higher standard, meaning that they're that that we are to serve as examples. And when we mess up, we, we ought to be the first to apologize and say, I, I messed that up. But, but there should be an expectation of, um, that our life is going to be an example of Christ as, as the best as, as, we're, as is possible. And um, that's why we have a list of qualifications that Paul gives in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Um, and I think the congregation should, should hold us to that, that mm. we should be people of pure speech and not given over to drunkenness, husband of one wife, mm. you know, not quarrelsome, you know, able to teach yeah. those things. Um, but we are Christians just like everybody else, but we've been selected, chosen, called through the church to say, we want you to publicly represent God's word and his sacrament to us. And so being a pastor is one Christian vocation uh, among many vocations, and yet this is a vocation that's going to be centered in God's word as servants of the word. So that means that we're called to diligently, carefully study God's word and to preach it to you in a way that communicates Christ to you in such a way that you would never have to say, yeah, I wonder if these pastors are making this up or if, yeah, right, you know. right. And we are to be stewards or caretakers of, of the gifts. So to administer baptism and, and the Lord's Supper uh, in a way that, that um, benefits and blesses God's community. So um, I say that because we, we would not be correct to think, oh, pastors are closer to God or pastors are on yeah. a different level. No, we're Christians. Yeah. But we, but since it is the word of God is such an important thing, we're going to lay aside our other vocations, like working 40 hours a week someplace else 
and we're going to give our time to the word so we can represent it and preach it publicly. Yeah. So people have an accurate understanding of what God says Mm -hmm. and where they stand with God. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it should, it's, it should be a great comfort, you know, because if you're saying, man, I really, I really want to know my standing before God. I don't want to know that someone's opinion. Yeah. I want to know, am I condemned or am I forgiven? And how are you going to know that, right? Last time we talked about word and sacrament. Well, you, if you don't have those things, which is the pastor's job to administer those things, well, you're going to speculate. You're going to wonder. You're Mm going to stay up late at night rolling around. Where am I in? Am I out? But if there is, and we believe there is a representative from God in your low, in your neighborhood, given the authority by the Holy Spirit and the laying on of hands in the church to say, you tell them, you know, you tell them exactly what the word says. Okay. Now you don't have to speculate and go talk to the pastor. Um, And then the answer is, if you, do you believe, you know, do you hold Jesus as Lord and savior? And then you're forgiven. Go in peace. Right. Yeah. Believe these words, right. They come not from me, but I'm a slave of the word of God and it's coming Mm -hmm. from the word. Yeah. Thomas. So the, then the, 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 the job of the pastor is, is for it. This is where it gets very practical and personal for you, the listener, what you should expect your pastor to be here to do is to speak to you the forgiving word of Christ that you are forgiven and loved by Christ. And then to help you to understand what might my, my life look like if I'm forgiven by Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also the role of correcting, you know, correcting, teaching, um, reproving, you know, so, Mm -hmm. hey, in the church, sometimes people are going to make mistakes. Pastors make mistakes. We fall into sin and there's lots of questions that arise about which way we should go. Mm -hmm. The pastor has a job to correct people according to God's word. Yeah. Offering that gentle correction of if you see somebody, which we, we kind of like, don't like this much in our society because our society is just kind of accepts everything and then has to live with the consequences. Mm. Um, but I mean, like if you're seeing somebody, so an example would be if somebody is not present in worship, if maybe for a couple of months they haven't been there, then one of the roles of the, is the pastor to reach out and say, Hey, just checking in on you. Now, some people could take great offense at that. Like, Oh, why are you checking in on me? Yeah. But if a pastor is a shepherd, Jesus says, you know, if the one goes astray, you leave the 99 and go look for the one. And so, you know, that would be an example of gentle correction of saying, hey, where we miss you in worship, worship's important. If I'm your pastor, I'm called to care for your soul. And so how can we get you reconnected to Mm -hmm. God's church? Yeah. So that would be a gentle correction mm-hmm. or a, at least a bringing up a reminder yeah. mm-hmm. of what God has said yeah. and what they themselves likely have said as they've come into the church. I'm going to be here and, and, and participate. I, I think this happens also too. And one of the things I love to do as a pastor, it's so fulfilling for me is when people will come to me and they'll say, Hey, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this particular issue, this question, this struggle in my family with my work help. Yeah. And my job is not to give all the answers. My job is maybe to help you say, well, 
based on what scripture says and who you are as a child of God, what might be some ways we could approach this? Mm -hmm. But giving that kind of gentle direction and guidance, once again, that's a shepherding role, is to help people to, to think about what might my life look like in response to God's love and faithfulness yeah. in my life. So, so there's a kind of a discernment aspect mm-hmm. to it and a, and a coming alongside people yeah. and trying to relay as much wisdom as we have gathered, you know, from the scriptures, and pointing the, out places in the scriptures. There's the comforting role too, you know, when yeah. people experience tragedy and, and mm-hmm. difficulty in their lives. Um, once again, helping them to see their pain and their tragedy in light of Christ mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not in light of just the pain. Um, yeah. However, I would say that one of the areas I think we can grow in our church body, the, the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate, is that we would be a church in which the pastors are not doing all of this work, but the, they're helping lead the body of Christ in doing this work together. Mm-hmm. So rather than just having one person who's giving all the comfort, one person who's giving all the gentle correction or wisdom, one person who's going out and finding the people who are straying from God's house, one person who's going and doing hospital visits and caring for people in nursing homes, it's better when those pastors are helping the community to mature and grow in their love for each other so they can also offer those things for each other. Yeah. Well, and this is, you know, Ephesians chapter two kind of says this about the church or uh, three, four, four, yeah. <laughs> Ephesians four, where it says, you know, Christ led captives, you know, and gave gifts to men, right? Apostles and teachers and prophets so that they could build up the body for the work of ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is what I like to say, like pastors are, you know, God's gift to humanity, right? <laughs> they're gifts, but gifts to build up the body, right? Not to do everything, not to domineer, but to build mm-hmm. up people so that they can do the work of the ministry. Yeah. We, we've been called in the church to be a gift to one another. And I think that sometimes we forget that because it, in the church, sometimes pastors will overfunction, yeah, and the people will underfunction. And a lot of that's our fault. Mm. I'll be the first to say that sometimes pastors, rather than helping people to go through the difficult, uncomfortable process of growth, then we'll just say, I'll just do it. Yeah. And that gets you credit, right? Because people say, oh, yeah. oh look, the pastor did it. But uh, I think a better way is for us to learn how to say, okay, I'm going to do nursing home visits. But as I do nursing home visits, I'm going to invite the congregation to participate in this as well. And that might be a little uncomfortable at first, but it's going to be good because then I'm shepherding the congregation into growth. Yeah. So we want to kind of build, build people up, you know, uh, water and um, care and encourage people to grow up. Mm Mm-hmm. There is, I think there are some limits. And so we, we hold that there is uh, an office of the ministry, like Jesus yeah. really did set up in the church, uh, those who would have responsibility for right. the church. Right. So, so we're not going to just say, Hey, anybody get up and preach yeah. or anybody get up and, and lead the Lord's supper because we believe that pastors have been called to publicly do these right. things. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to know your Bible. Exactly. And that's an example, I think, of the over-functioning, under-functioning. Pastors end up over-functioning in their study of Scripture, and the church ends up under-functioning. Mm-hmm. So we don't know the Bible. Just tell us. Yeah. Now, that has disastrous consequences. Now, I'll use the ELCA as an example. In the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, which is a, a liberal denomination, um, really sadly have departed from some really basic key teachings from scripture. Now, you'll have some churches where the, the pastors have been teaching false doctrine and the people in the pews just kind of put up with it. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, yeah. they yeah. know the Bible, not us. Right. But I've heard numerous stories, especially here in Nebraska, of congregations where the, the um, pastors were preaching things clearly out of line. And it was the congregation who said no. Mm-hmm. And there have been congregations who have actually left the ELCA to join other church bodies because it was the lay people. It was the people in the pews who knew the Bible well enough, maybe because they had pastors who taught them correctly in ages past. They just simply are engaged in it. They're testing what the pastor's saying. Open up my Bible and is this really real? And is this true? Uh, I've got all kinds of respect for that. And I think that's the goal of the pastoral ministry I would love it if everybody in the pews knew the Bible better than me, Mm. you know, like, like let's be in these scriptures. Let's not just listen to what the pastor says and say, I'm just going to believe it because the pastor says Mm -hmm. it. Let's open our Bibles and let's say, kind of like in the book of Acts, it says that Paul went to the city of Berea. Mm -hmm. They were more honorable. It it says that the the people in Berea were more honorable than the, the people in Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to see if what Paul was saying was actually true. And we need more of that, right? Yeah, we do. We do. So pastors in a nutshell, I mean, they're there to transmit the word of God publicly to people. That's the job, Mm -hmm. right? You should know exactly where you stand. Uh, You should expect that the pastor, if you're repentant, gives you grace for the sake of Christ for free. Mm -hmm. You could expect if you're rebelling against God's word that you should hear something from the pastor about Mm -hmm. that uh, and that it's appropriate that his role is to correct you at some times. And that's cool. That's just fine. Um, and then they are to, to publicly administer the sacraments for mm-hmm. people um, and, to, and to adorn this with a holy life, right? Yeah. Adorn, adorn the ministry of the word with yeah, a holy life. You should life. expect a holy life from your pastors and um, you should expect that they would know God's word. Uh, you, and you should expect that they're gonna, um, that they're gonna listen to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, one of the things I've had to kind of work through is realizing that sometimes people don't feel like they can come and talk to their pastors. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I bet that that's partly, you know, when you, it takes a long time it for does. people to really trust and, and understand these are my pastors. Yeah. And uh, especially with, with like 2020, the pandemic, I think that makes that even harder because mm. everything was for a distant, from a distance for a bit. But um you should expect that if, if you're struggling, if you're upset about something, your pastors will listen to you. And um, we are by no means perfect. Uh, just ask our wives mm-hmm. or our kids. Yeah. So don't put your faith in pastors. Yeah. 
Put your faith in Christ. Don't have unreasonable expectations yeah. for us because we will, we're human. We'll let yeah. you down, but um, we are forgiven sinners and desire to, to be faithful to Christ. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's what you should think about pastors. They're yeah. given by God to the church to build up the church and transmit God's word. Yeah. And I think a closing thought, and this has just been on my heart lately when it, with regard to pastors is, um, you know, I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm all that important. Hmm. I really don't. Like if people forget my name, <laughs> you know, yeah. if, you know, I, I just, I want people to be able to look through me and look through you and see Christ. And yeah, the office of the pastor is important because it's important to have somebody faithfully preaching and teaching God's word and leading his church. But what's really more important than the pastor is the people and the relationships that we have with one another in the body of Christ. Um, in fact, who does Jesus say is the most important person in the church? Mm. The least among us or the child, right? Yeah. 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 Remember uh, the apostles, the disciples are arguing who's the greatest. And Jesus is like, where's a kid? Let's yeah. find a kid. And he called them and, and brought them into their midst. And, and I just think that's so important because sometimes people will, will have, will even put their faith in pastors. Yeah. And we're going to let you down. If, yeah. If and put your faith, faith in Jesus. It's dashed right when that pastor dies or moves on or, or has some kind of a crisis. Or if you have these really high expectations for how your pastor is going to like maybe mm. make you grow or Just change everything, change everything. Life. It's yeah. like, well, let's put our faith in Christ instead. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. So that's, that's a pastors, what you should know about pastors. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about some more of the pastoral role, and that is that pastors hold confidence. We keep yeah, secrets. We do. We don't. We don't talk to people about the stuff you tell us. That's, All right. That's private. Yeah. So next time. All right. <laughs>